Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. We're told, since I had a birthday, I'll say this. We're told to honor our elders. <laughs> Seriously, this was something in, in the Jewish community God instilled in them, and it's supposed to be transcended in, in, over our beliefs and our issues to honor those that are older than us and things like that and, and, and to honor one another. The Bible also says to honor one another. You know, a lot of people just don't respect one another today in our culture today. Uh, we, we need to do that and honor one another. So I love to stand for the reading of the word. Go with me over to Luke 22. We're in a series called Greater Than, and this is a series on greater faith, how to have great faith. How many need more faith? How many, how many want that great faith, that mountain-moving faith? Amen. Well, that's what we're preaching and teaching every single week because I want to see more miracles. How many want to see more miracles in your life? Well, that's what faith, everything you get from God, listen to this, preaching already. Anything and everything we will ever get from God will only come to us through faith. Not, not, not tears. I mean, God's not, he loves us. The Syrophoenician woman came and she begged Jesus. We have stories in the Bible of people that had problems, but they didn't receive their miracle just because they had a problem. They only received it when they used their faith. Faith is mentioned over 300 times in the Bible. We walk by faith and not by sight. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is to believe in substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So every week we've been teaching on it. And I want to go with this, Luke uh, 22, verse 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed and sacrificed the lamb. And Jesus said to Peter and John, go and prepare the Passover for us uh, that we may eat. This has taken place um, right before Good Friday, which is coming up this week. So they said to him, uh, where, do we, where, where do you want us to prepare? Where do you want to have the Last Supper? Jesus said, this is our verse for today. Behold, when you have entered into the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him. Everybody say, follow him. Follow him into the house which he enters. Then you will say to the master of the house, the teacher says to you, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will then show you a large furnished upper room. There make ready. So they went and found it, and I love Jesus. It happened just as they said to them that it would happen. How many love it when it works out the way you planned it to work out? I don't care if it's a vacation, a day off, a week, or whatever. That's just a good thing, man. And that's how you can trust in God. Well, I want you to know that God is looking for some people that he can trust himself. And so that's why today I'm going to talk about and show you that pattern is greater than passion. Pattern or persistence pattern is greater than passion. Thank you for your word, Father. I pray your blessing on the rest of our time together in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Go ahead and have a seat. Last week I told you and talked about how hope is greater than your reality. That's what great faith does. You need to have hope. Use your imagination. It's a gift from God for us to use and to visualize our miracle before it happens. Uh, and so no matter what your reality says, if you can use your hope, it can bring you right out of it. Uh, and so today I want to talk about this pattern is over passion. I love passion, passion. This is passion week. I love this time of year. Everyone's talking about Jesus 
in a good way or a bad way, they're at least talking about them. Churches are going to fill up all around the world. Catholics, Lutherans, every church that's under the Christianity umbrella is going to fill up. And you know what? I don't have a problem. I say, okay. Did you hear me? That is good for the cause of Christ, for churches to fill. We may disagree on all these other things and, that are trivial, but hey, I love it for the church of Jesus Christ to get this much attention this time of year. Come on. It's Passion Week. I love it. People are going to talk about Jesus. Churches are going to fill up. Bring somebody next Sunday. We got three services. Don't bring your car. Don't be the only one in the car. Amen? Fill your car up. Bring them. If they won't come to church, tell them that you'll give them a dollar. I know some people that pay people to come to church, and I know God has used that and even saved them. I'm just saying, you do what you're going to do. Do whatever it is, but you get them here. The number one best way a church grows or someone comes to church is by word of mouth. That's the number one. How many are here today because someone told you about River of Life? How many are here today because someone told you about River of Life? Look around. Look around. Look at this. Look at this. We put social media things out. We do advertising. We do all of this. But the best effective tool is your word of mouth. The woman at the well went back into the city and said, man, you got to come and see what Jesus has done. Your testimony is the greatest way to bring people in. Normally, I would talk about passion today, the triumphant entry when Jesus came into the city. That's what's happening today. Today's called Palm Sunday. This is the day before Easter. Um, and so I know next Sunday is the big Sunday, but I think this message, what I'm teaching you today, is so, it's been one of the single most important principles in my life as, when it comes to faith, is this thing about pattern. I'm going to show you this. That's why I'm teaching it before next week. This is important. Uh, but I'm not talking about when Jesus came in. So in case you don't know what today is, Jesus comes into the city of Jerusalem for the last time on his earthly ministry, riding in on a donkey, fulfilling prophecy. And as he came into Jerusalem, we had the privilege of going there and watching and walking in these same footsteps going into Jerusalem. And it was an amazing experience to come down from the Mount of Olives and to walk right into Jerusalem. I've been there. I've seen that. It's amazing. Jesus did that. And as he came into the city, the Bible says everybody was out. There was believed to be about estimated 500,000 Jews there. So this is a huge participation. They came for the Passover celebration. So Jesus uses that as an opportunity to make his grand entrance into the city. Rumors have been flying around that this Jesus has uh, healed the sick and has raised the dead. I mean, so he's getting a big, big uh, gathering during this time. So he comes walking in in front of all those people and many recognize him because he healed their children. That he healed them. Blind Bartimaeus was there. The Bible says, and those that received miracles were also in the group. So you had blind Bartimaeus. You had the lepers that were healed of leprosy. You had uh, the one woman who was a widow and only had one son and he died and Jesus raised him from the dead. They both were there saying, oh, come on, Jesus, come on, Jesus. I love it. They all were there. They had palm branches that they broke out of trees and they were waving palm branches at them as they came and sat down. Amen. There you go. <laughs> And, and, they, and, they, and they took off their jackets. Hear me, this is what happened. And they laid their jackets down. So I, I do want to bring this up because I want you to know that passion is good. Passion is good. And this solves the mystery and the big debate whether we should be loud in church or not. Because the Bible says as Jesus came into the city, they began to raise a ruckus. They were, the Bible says with a loud voice, not with their inner voice. That's already I worship in my inner voice. The Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord and shout with the voice of triumph. You can't do that inside. Just, no, 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 let it out. Shout praises to God. It's okay to get loud in church. Come on. You're at River of Life. This is a living church. 
So Jesus comes in and they're getting loud and they're shouting and the Pharisees were there. Everybody say, "Uh uh-oh. And they said, Jesus, these men offend us. Tell them to be quiet. That's what they said. Read it in your Bible. And so Jesus right here is put on the spot. Which one is right? Is it right to worship loud? Is it right to worship reserved and being quiet? Jesus solves the question. Do you want to hear what he said? Come back next week. Let's all stand. (laughs) He says, no. He turns around, looks at the Pharisees and says, no, but I tell you the truth. If I do tell them to be silent, my heavenly father will cause the rocks to come alive and praise him. So in other words, God likes it when we get loud. God loves it when we have passion. God loves it when we say, yes, Lord, look at God. Look at God. Can he do it? Come on. He loves all of that in that bag of chips or whatever. However you praise him, just praise him. You don't have to worship like I do, as St. Simon says, but we're told to at least worship and praise him. We all love passion when it comes to entertainers, singers and stuff. You got some that sing and then you got some with passion. We, we feel it when they got passion. You got it in sports. You got athletes that just, you know. And then you got athletes that are just right there. Like our softball team's going to have passion. Both of them. Both teams. We got two teams this year, guys, in our softball teams. Amen? I'm just playing softball. Oh, church. <laughs> Amen. You know, the, you, know who the, the, you know, whoever wins the game is usually the ones that have the most passion. Man, I got to get off this passion because I love passion. I love passion. Just look at our church van. I love to be loud. I love it. I love it. I think if you, if you know God, if you've got something to, uh, to shout about, you should shout about it. But my, my thing for today is I, wanted, I didn't go to that story. I wanted to tell you that, but I read this one because I discovered that there is something that God does love even more than passion. He loves something even more. He values it even more than passion. Like I said, passion's not wrong, but there's something that God loves more. And are you ready for it? And it's this, it's persistence. I know it ain't pretty. I know we can't, watch this, persistence. I know it's not glamorous, but I tell you what, it gets heaven's attention. When we can have consistency in our passion. Passion has a tendency to just flare out and explode and then die out. And Jesus actually gave us, you know what the word faith actually means? The word faith actually means, it's the Greek word pistis. It means a belief in God, a what? A consistency in such profession. That's what faith actually means. It actually means not just to have passion, but it actually means to have a pattern, to be persistent. How many want great faith? Because you guys are getting real quiet. I mean, you were shouting a minute ago, and now you're going, what, persistence? Because we don't think it's very pretty, but it's powerful. I'll just tell you one story. Jesus gave the parable of the sowers, the parable of the sowers, four different. He said there are four different kinds of people in church. There are four different kinds of people sitting in this building right now. And he gave all the four of them. And he said the one particular group are the ones that's like throwing seed on stony ground. And he said, this is about them. He said that the ones that were sown uh, on stony ground are the ones who receive the word of God with what? With joy when they hear it. With passion, with joy when they hear it. They're excited, but they have no root. They believe only for a while, 
But in the time of testing, they fall away. This is Jesus teaching. Hear me today. He says, in other words, man, they receive it with joy. Woo, yeah. Yeah, Hosanna that comes in the highest. That's what they were doing. Blind Bartimaeus was like, man, I can see now. And, and he was shouting and he was rejoicing. But as Pastor Steve said during worship, do you realize that those same people that were having the branches and taking off their jackets and were all crazy about Jesus, the same group of people one week later would be the very ones that stood in Pontius Pilate's courtroom and yelled out, crucify him. We want Barabbas. Same people. Same people. So that's why I'm here to tell you today that passion is beautiful. Passion is awesome. We need to have passion. But if you want to see great faith, you need to have persistence, which means you got to have a pattern. But on good ground, Jesus said, but the seed that fell on good ground are those that are at River of Life in Belleville. Come on, how many want to be good ground? How many want to be good ground? Then listen, this is what it looks like. Those are the ones that have a noble and a good heart. Who hear it, when they hear it, they retain it. They're paying attention. If someone's sleeping next to you, okay, they may not be good ground. Don't look at it. They retain it and watch this. And with what? Persevering. They produce a crop. That's good ground. Jesus said, hey, this is good ground though. Those that hear the word and they retain it, they hold it, they listen to it, they take notes. All good Christians take notes. If you can't, I mean, whatever, get the podcast. And I appreciate everyone's listening. People are listening to this podcast all over, literally now in India. And I just want to welcome, if you're listening to our podcast, I want to welcome you if you're listening from Texas, from India, Central America, where we get people that listen to us down in Honduras and in Central America, all over the country. I appreciate that. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Amen. 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 Back to the story. Here's a, here's re, this is the reason why I read this story to you. Because Jesus was getting ready to have his last meal, the Passover. It was the most important Passover he's ever had. Jews do this regularly, but this was the most important because Jesus was, a go, Jesus was going to institute the new covenant. That's what we're going to do Friday. He was going to take the Passover elements and say, you have called this Passover, but now it's going to be communion. Because, and he took the piece of bread and he said, you don't have to kill a lamb no more and shed the blood for your sins to be forgiven. I am the lamb. This is my body that will be broken for this. This is what he was going to do. He was going to lift up the new, the little cup and say, this is the new covenant in the wine. My blood is what you're going to be drinking in, in symbolism, not in real flesh and blood in honor of remembering the new covenant. That's what, so this was, this was huge. This was the most important Passover he's ever had to do and look and see what he did. He told his disciples to go into the city. And he didn't say, go look for those that had the passion, that had the branches waving, that had taken off their jackets. He said, no, I don't want you to go look for someone that just has a passion or just has a praise, but go and look for the ones that have a pattern. The one that has a pattern. He didn't even give him his name. There's no name. He says, you go, because you're going to recognize people with a passion for a moment, but you'll recognize those that have a passion for a lifetime. Yes. Woo, come on, somebody. 
He said, you're going to go into the city. You're going to be hundreds of people there. Jesus already knew. He said, there are going to be hundreds of people there. I remember hundreds of thousands of people are gathering there. But Jesus said, one person's going to stick out to you. I come to preach. I feel it. I feel it. He said, someone's going to stick out to you. And I was surprised when he said, it's not going to be passion, but it's going to be the one that's carrying that bucket of water every single day. When no one sees them, when no one sees her, they don't have a reverend in front of their name. They don't have a leader in front of their name. They don't have a title. They just do the mundane in and out every single day, in and out, just doing what they want to do because they love God. They got a pattern of serving him. Not about creativity, but about consistency. Jesus said, it's not about creativity. I love creativity. I mean, they're taking branches off and laying. I mean, that's creative. Be creative. I preached on it last week. Be creative. But he, what, is, what trumps creativity, I said the T word. Don't get lost. <laughs> what is... <laughs> What is, keep going, Eddie, don't stop. What is more important to God than creativity, seriously, is consistency. And you know, this is the only person that Jesus really put his faith in. We're told to put our faith in God. Jesus, all the teachings are about ha how to have faith in God. No, don't, don't misunderstand, you don't put your faith in God. But here, what did Jesus do? Jesus put his trust or depended on a person. Do you want to be that kind of person? then you, it's not about having a passion. It's not about being loud. It's not about having all of this other stuff that we think is important only. But what gets heaven's attention is when we are persistent and have a pattern. This man was known for what he was doing. And you're known for what you do. What kind of pattern have you had? Are you an inconsistent person? I don't want to get, don't get mad at me. I want to help you. I got good news. God can change that and fix it. up and down, here and there. But God says, hey man, what really wanted to get my attention is I want you to go into that city. I want you to see the guy that's been doing something that he's known for. The Bible says even a child is known for his actions. Yep. You may not know them kids, but you go, oh yeah, that's the one that runs. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the one that poof, hits me in the head with that thing. That's the one that does this. I was the one that was, in my family, I was the kicker. I'd kick you. If you, whatever, you made me mad. I was, I was known for that. They learned my name after that. And then my daddy gave me a new name and it was... Poof, Sit down. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? And my mama said, stop that crying. Because if you keep on crying, I'm going to give you something to. Y'all know what I'm talking about. One point today. You write this down. Lock it in your spirit, please. Faith has to have an action, but great faith always has a pattern. Please hear what I just said to you. That is life-changing, what I just said. It didn't come from me. This is something God gave me. Faith has to have an action. Don't tell me you believe in God, James says, but you have no action. Well, I believe in God. It's just personal. Man, cut that out. Jesus wasn't personal for you. Ain't nothing personal about hanging on a cross in front of the world to see. Yeah, your faith is personal. It begins personal. But if you allow it to have a pattern and you begin to live and walk in with God for a while, then it will begin to show itself. And you will then begin to have a pattern. Greater the faith, the greater the pattern. Greater the faith, the greater the... Faith has to have an action. Faith without works is dead. But you'll notice in the word of God that people that had great faith, as this man in the story, he had a great pattern. 
He had a pattern. He had a consistency. So to have great faith is to build a pattern in our life. And a consistency. You see this throughout the word of God. Jesus had a pattern when it come to prayer. He didn't just pray when things went bad. Those little prayers, oh my God, help me, that only are good when you're going over a cliff. (laughs) Other than that, you need to have a pattern of prayer. Look what Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus had a prayer life. Look what it says. It's coming. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives, as was his custom. And when he came to the place, everybody say the place. He went to the place. He had a place. He had a pattern and it had a place. It was a place that they knew. He told his disciples, he said, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. He left. He came back. They were sleeping. He's like, really? Get up. They got up. Peter was like, I'm going to pray again. Read it. He left. He came back. He was out. He was slumped. He was out. Jesus came back and he asked him this question. Can't you pray for one hour? In other words, don't you at least have a little pattern? Hear me today. And then he gives us this. He said, Peter looked at him. He was like, man, I, I tried. I get down and my phone goes off. Someone knocks at the door. And Jesus says this. He says, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. Can I tell you a pattern will help you overcome your flesh? Did you hear me? It's not exciting. It's not sexy. It's not pretty. It's not woo. It's boring. Carrying a bucket every single day is boring. Ain't nobody was lining up. Can I be the next bucket carrier? Come on, make me. Ooh, pick me. I can carry that bucket real good. I even got a little spin when I carry it. Oh, I'm going to put a little bling on it and put my name on it. And when they see me coming, everybody's going to see my bucket because I'm going to be like this. Is that what it says? No, it's a no name. He wasn't even the master of the house. He was a servant. We don't even have his name. But Jesus hung the whole Passover on a no name. (laughs) Hear that. I just come to bless you because some of you think you're a no name and you think what you're doing is not important. I want you to know that God is seeing you carrying your bucket. God sees you carry that bucket and all them kids up in here, having worship practice on Thursday, bringing them kids here, being here on Friday. Some of you are here on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all day, Sunday, carrying buckets every day, carrying everybody else's buckets, kids running everywhere. I'm telling you, God is seeing it. That's why God is blessing it. That's why God's going to continue to bless everything that you have. Just keep it up. Keep the pattern. Keep the persistence going. Greater the faith, the greater the pattern, baby. Guess what? I'm going to be here for Easter. But you know what? I'm here today. And I'm going to be here the next Sunday. I go to church every Sunday. I go to church every... God's looking for some people that have a pattern. Hear me today. Shoo! I feel it. Pattern is better than passion. You read in the Bible, I believe, back to the scripture in the Old Testament, God had the children of Israel do these ceremonies. Why? These boring, long ceremonies. And festivals and all of these, the festivals are cool, but the ceremonies are boring. Why did he do that? He was trying to teach them patterns, perseverance, because serving God isn't like that branch that just springs up and goes, woo. You have to learn to have some root in yourself. 
You got to have the Jesus said the problem is they don't have no root in themselves. They're the kind of people that's here one day, not here. They got this job. They got 16 jobs. And, they're going th- and I understand you go through transitions and you go through change. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your character. And even if you are the person, like I was always the person that couldn't make up my mind and I blamed it on me being creative. No, I was double-minded. And a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I didn't say it. Your Bible did. So I had to say, God, that's a mirror. I'm not going to do Michael Jackson. That's a mirror. And you just revealed to me that I'm double-minded. No more excuses. Fix me, oh God. And God said, I've been waiting on it. Let's go. I want to start putting in, watch this, a beautiful pattern. But dad, I get up at three, uh, I get up at three 30 heavenly father and pray. Okay. Get up at three or go ahead and go to work. Give me your lunch. Whatever schedule you have, I'm telling you, you got to build a pattern. You got to get rid of the old patterns. Cause I had some old patterns. We had some old patterns back in the day. It was Friday. We had a day for everything. Didn't we brother? Thursday was thirsty Thursday. Friday, well, it's Friday. Saturday was turned up Saturday. Sunday was football. Monday night football, that's Monday. Tuesday, it's just Tuesday. We didn't even need a reason. Wednesday's hump day. Got to get through the week. How many know what I'm talking about? That was our pattern. Some of us come into church and we think God's going to do everything in six months. There's people in the Bible that waited 15 years, 20 years. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all waited. Waited and waited. I'm telling you, when I got this into my life and into my spirit, that persistence is more important. God began to show me some things. What did he tell Joshua when he came into the promised land? The very first battle they fought was Jericho. Come on, y'all remember Jericho? It's not the precious little kid Jericho we got here. Jericho. Jericho was a city that was fortified. No one has penetrated through their walls. And so they heard Israel was coming. They went and hid behind the walls. Joshua came in and God said, Joshua, this is how I want you to take this city down. I want you to walk around it. And while you're walking around it, don't say nothing. And I believe he said that because people would be saying all kinds of critical unbelief, murmuring and complaining all the way around. Why are we walking around this stupid wall? This makes no sense. Why are we going to church? Why are we doing this again this way? Why are we doing that? Why song are they singing this way? How come this ain't happening in my life? I can go on and on and on and on. So God said, hey, in order for this miracle to happen, I got to get you to quit talking. This is so powerful. The children of Israel could not go into the promised land because of one reason, the first generation. You know what that was? Murmuring and complaining. That's it. It wasn't the idolatry that came later. The very first sin that God had a problem with was this little thing right in here. Right in here. Oh, this is good stuff. Anybody writing this down before I forget it? And as they came in, God said, I want you coming around the city. I want you to say nothing. And then on the, on the, every day, do that one day. Then on the seventh day, I want you all to do it and march around it seven times. But did you notice what they had to do? They had to walk around that city following behind the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God. God was simply teaching them to have a pattern of praise and not just a passion of praise, but a pattern of praise. He said, Joshua, I got to teach you this. Some, ba- some battles you can't shout it down. Some battles you got to just outlast the devil. I said, some battles you just got to outlast the devil. You just got to say, hey, I'm digging in deep. I don't care if I don't have a praise no more. My voice is gone. I don't even have much faith, but I got a pattern. I don't even know if this is going to work, but I got a pattern. Who am I talking to today? I don't know if this is going to work, but I've got a pattern. I'm going to 
going to keep walking. I'm going to keep marching. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going around. God said, that's how I got to teach you to fight. That's how I got to teach you to fight. That sometimes you just got to outlast the devil. Boy, that's good. Somebody better put that on Twitter. You got to outlast them. You got to outlast them. And then on the last day, they went around seven times. And as they were worshiping, then they begin to blow the horn. They begin to worship. And the Bible says that God did something. He joined in with their praise. <laughs> There's a, if you keep your pattern going, church, you may not feel it. There ain't no walls coming down. Day one, no walls came down. Day two, no walls came down. Day three, put it months on there. You got enough faith to put years on there? Put years on there. What did Jesus say in his teaching of persistence? He said, after all that teaching of be the persistent, like the persistent widow in Luke 18, he said, be consistent. And then he ends it by saying, but when when the son of man comes back to earth, will he really find faith? Given the definition I just gave you. Will I find people that are still believing? In other words, are you still going to be here when he comes back? Two questions you got to ask, answer yourself. What's your purpose and how long you going to last? Nehemiah chapter one, the king asked Nehemiah when he went back, his wife spoke up actually and said, Nehemiah, I got two questions. You doing this new church thing. I got two questions for you. Young people, listen, I've got two questions. You got to answer for yourself. What's your purpose and how long are you going to be here? If you don't know either one of those two, you ain't going to last. You got to know who your purpose is what your purpose is, who you belong. That's your identity. My purpose and your purpose, if you don't know it, it's this right here, to give glory to God. Everything you do outside of that, it starts to have different assignments. But your number one uh, purpose in life is to give glory to God. We are the church. I am called to represent Christ and influence others. I am called to make a difference. I am called to love God and serve people. I am the church. That's why we have that mission statement in there to help us out. Because we forget. It's busy. All this stuff. Facebook going off right now. Some of you are checking it. Put it down. Word's coming out. That's what the Lord is wanting to say. And how long are you going to be here? When, the Jer- when they begin to march around that Jericho, around that wall, God joined in. Some of you are waiting and waiting and you're doing something for six months and, and maybe even years. I want you to know, just keep doing it. Get that pattern going because you're digging deeper in your spirit. You're digging deeper in your heart. And God says, that's what I need to get. Before, if I just answer that prayer, you're going to fall off and forget me in six months. So I got to make sure you're going to stick around for the blessing. I got to make sure you're going to stick around and let this pass on to your kids because you don't even know it, but you're going to have a grandchild. And I'm going to raise up that grandchild. He's going to bring the greatest revival that this country has ever seen. I'm just saying it could happen. You may not even no, we think it's all about us, all about right now, all about what I'm going through. God says, I'm too big for just you. I'm feeling it. Yes, I'm feeling it. I got more in store for just you, but it will, it will not work unless I get you to be persistent, unless I teach you to have a pattern. I had to get a new pattern in my life because as, as I told you, when times of testing came, I know they're going to come. Every Thursday, Thursday they came. And it was Monday. It came. Jesus said, if we don't get this pattern, if we don't get a pattern in place, your flesh is going to run all over you. Time of testing. Just God's going to forgive me. Thank God for his grace. You're deceived. You're setting yourself back. 
Hear me today. God don't want you to be in the bondage to nothing. No longer than I want my kids. God don't want, you don't want your kids. God don't want you to be in bondage to nothing. He don't want you to be a slave to anything. If it's nicotine, if it's marijuana, if it's whatever else out there, any substance, if it's money, come on, pick it. There's a lot. The enemy has a whole bunch of stuff out there. Before Jesus started his ministry, he got a hold of them first. Said, okay, Jesus, we're going to see how good you are. I took Samson down with some women and David. Come on, what you got? I love John chapter 1. God says, I ain't sending another, another prophet down there. He says, I'm coming down there myself. Come on, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 12, and the Word became flesh. And well, I'm preaching today, Carissa. God said, he says, devil, I ain't bringing another prophet for you to entice and bring down. I'm coming down there myself, and his name's going to be Jesus, and he's going to walk among you. He's going to show you how to live. He's going to show you how to have relationships. He's going to show you how to live, how to do with your money, how to do with your time, how to live with your life. He, women going to come to him, and he's going to say, hey, is that all you got? One time Jesus looked at him and the, and, the, and the disciples were getting nervous because Jesus was flirting with some, with, with danger, with Herod and them coming at him. And they were trying to talk Jesus into saying, hey, man, you need to slow down in your ministry. And I love what he said. He said, the God of this world is coming for me, but he's got nothing in me. <laughs> Did you feel that? He was boss. That's our example. We want that breakthrough Jesus had. But we wanted a drive-through way. Have you found out there's no drive-through breakthrough? It ain't, it ain't Burger King. You don't get it your way, baby. I said, you don't get it your way. This is good, Kennedy. Am I doing pretty good, honey? And keeping these younger kids interested, you know God's in. And it ain't me. Except for him, he's sleeping. What's up, buddy? What's going on? No, I'm just kidding. Just picking on him. With a little RG's twin. I call Robert RG. Named it here first. Because a pattern will help you do right when you don't know what else to do. Yes. A pattern will help you do the right thing when you don't know what the right thing is. Yeah. Yeah. Joshua said, I don't know what the right thing is for this wall to come down. You may be here, I don't know what the right thing is for my marriage. I don't know what the right thing is with this crazy boyfriend or crazy girlfriend. I don't know what the answer is. God says, I may not give you the answer, but I want you to show me your pattern. Yeah. I want you to have a pattern in place. That pattern should be going to church, should be being the church, yeah. reading the word, being the word, yeah. believing in Jesus, following Jesus. That's a pattern. Yes. And when I begin to put those patterns in place, taking my little girl, we went to the thrift store to get clothes. I didn't even, Easter was coming. I was scared because I didn't have no clothes. I had one good suit. I wore it to court. Yep. In court. It's a little too big for me, but I couldn't wait to finally put a tie on. Yeah. 25 years old. Yeah. Come on. Driving a car, leaked oil everywhere. Had to park it in the back. Walking past these BMWs. 25 years old, got warrants for my arrest. I was taking care of them, though. Right. So that's why the security guard was shaking my hand. I was like, are you a real cop or what, bro? <laughs> I'm glad you're you inviting me to church, but hey. People walking up, want to give me a hug. I'm about to swing on them. I'm like, hey, I was fresh out of E-Town. E LaDon, you remember, you know. People coming up to me, hugging me. I don't know you like that. You love me. What? Jesus all over you. What are you talking about? But you know what? I, I hung in there. November the 5th, 
This year will be 21 years. 21 years. Take that, devil. Take that, devil. I said, take that, devil. I said, take that, devil. Take that, devil. How'd you do it, Pastor Eddie? Got a pattern in place. For when the times of temptation came, I was already in a routine. I felt like, and when you get a pattern in place and you're not doing your pattern, you can feel it. You know, I don't have no coffee by 10 o'clock. I feel it. How many know what I'm talking about? That caffeine headache is a pit of, right out of the pit of hell. And, and you should be that way when you miss your reading time. You should be that way when you break a streak, not on Snapchat, but on your holy scriptures and devotion time. You should feel that way when you haven't been in the word for a couple days. I can tell. Everybody else can tell. You're looking different. You're talking different. You're listening to stuff that you used to not like. You got some old awakening starting to come. It's the echoes from the wilderness, baby. And you need to get back down and don't pray for none of this. You need to get back in your pattern and get your flesh under control and get back down in the altar and get set free. Woo! That's what you got to do. Come on, stand up. I'm going to go another hour. I got to save it. I got three next week. Help me, Jesus. I want to end it with what the great apostle said. And this is every one of you. Every one of you should look at this scripture. He was getting ready to be beheaded. And Paul said, I have fought the good fight. He's writing to young Timothy. Young Timothy was in his early 20s. And he's writing. This is the last recorded letter we have of the greatest man. Besides Jesus, in my opinion, that's ever walked the earth is Apostle Paul. He was a boss too, man. I'm telling you. He wrote to young Timothy. If you're a young man, read First and Second Timothy. It, it administered to you. But he says, I fought the good fight. It's a good fight when you're fighting against the flesh. I got in some other fights before I was saved, and they weren't good fights. But when you fight against the flesh, the Bible calls that a good fight. So you all fought to get in church today. I know. On a day like this, but that alarm clock was out of the pit of hell, wasn't it? Well, you guys are 11.30, so I hope you were up before you got here. I should have said it at the 9.30. I asked some people, they're like, man, 8, eight o'clock, that's awesome. Those people are going to be blessed. I said, those people? Why don't you come? He's like, man, what? I don't go to bed to 6. I don't know. Paul said, I fought the good fight. Please get this today. We got a lot of starters in the church life, in the church world. Jesus gave us a whole example, a teaching of the parable. They shoot up passion. Sign me up for growth track. Sign me up for this. Sign me up for that. You have that passion. Nothing wrong with that. We had a growth track last Sunday, two, two Sundays ago. We just had a growth track. It was amazing. How many went through that growth track? Amen. Look at the hands up. Awesome. 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 Bless you. Yes, we're going to have another one in the future but you go through them but God says he wants to get to the place where we're not just starters we're finishers and I love it when he says I've kept the faith you know what that means I'm not adding to the scripture but I would add to what Paul is saying here in order to keep the faith if you asked him he'd probably tell you I had to lose some things too but I kept the faith I might have lost some friends did you lose some friends because of your faith? I, I, I might have lost some that were in my inner circle. I might have lost a promotion. I don't know because I didn't lie on the numbers. I might have lost this. I might have lost out on that because, because of my, my faith. But I kept what was important intact, and that is my faith. 
God's looking for some people that says, hey, are you willing to keep the faith? Finish my race. I'm finishing. I'm going to finish. I didn't start right. I started all messed up. But I'm going to finish right. Unless he's going to finish right. I know, you know that, preaching to the choir today. Finish. In order to do it, you got to keep your faith because everybody out there, everything out there is after your faith. What did Jesus say to Peter? He said, Peter, Satan has asked for you. But I have prayed for your what? Faith. Satan asked for his faith. He's after your faith. If he can get your faith, he's got you. He can even leave you alone because you'll self-destruct without no faith. Leave him alone. He don't need no demon. He ain't worthy of no worn out demon from the pit of hell. He's all self-destruct by himself. Because you ever talk to somebody that's very negative? They're so negative, they walk into a room, they can develop. Remember the old, that was good. I said that a while back. And that was, some of y'all don't, it makes no sense to some of y'all. But I'm telling you, ask some of those that's older than me. Because I don't even really know, remember, no, I'm just kidding. Flashball, remember that? Anyway, negative people, that's because they have no hope, no faith. How many need a pattern in your life? How many is going to start a pattern in your life? How many is going to start a pattern in your life? How many is going to get back into your pad pattern? You've been in it, you've been slacking off. We got to get in that pattern. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's just lift our hands to the Lord. We already prayed. We had a moving of the Spirit today, but I know we may have another one after the, the Word that's just went forth. You may want to respond today. Let me call my altar workers up right now. Altar teams, come on up and just stand here. And uh, I've talked with some of you, and you need you need the prayer. You're going to go see a doctor, and you got some serious things happening. I want you to come and get prayer as well. But if you need some prayer today, these guys are here. These, these teams are prayed up. They come every week ready to pray. And I want you to get some prayer today before you leave. If you just want to spend a long time at the altars, feel, feel uh, led to do that as well. But if not, just worship from your seat. We're going to go out with one more song. Amen. Yeah, come on up, guys. Come on up and get prayer. But if you need prayer, come on up. If not, let's worship to this one more song and let this word be sealed in our hearts. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's worship. Come on, but if you need prayer, come up. Come on up and get some prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, get in the pattern of coming up to the altar, some of you. You know you need help. You know you need some prayer. But your pattern is you don't let no one help you. Do it by yourself. Come on, break that pattern today. Come up and get some prayer. Come up to the altars. Break that pattern. This is what we do. You need to give your life to Jesus Christ. You need to surrender your life to him today. You're really not living for the Lord, and you need to start today. I want to pray for you. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up and get it. Get some prayer today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yes, Jesus. Come on.
Miss you, I relieve our volunteers, but if you need prayer, stay here at the altars. Get prayer, get further prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the families here. I pray a blessing over them. Help us, God, to be persistent and consistent and to develop our patterns so you can see, cause that great faith to arise in our lives. And I pray that, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.